Resistance, burnout, procrastination, sleepless nights, stress, and painful hard work. Fatigued from running on the high achiever hamster wheel? This is the Bold Leadership Revolution, where we develop high-performing leaders to live, thrive, and lead bold and smart, not hard. Here is your host, Tara Newman. Hey, hey, Bold Leaders. Welcome to episode 57 of the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast, where we train leaders to have the endurance to make an impact. And today I'm sharing with you all the reasons you aren't making the money you want to make. And this is one of my favorite topics that I can sometimes get a little ranty on. So I we'll see how I do here. We'll see if I can control that place where my speech starts getting crazy and I start ranting. But at a minimum, I want you to go grab a cup of coffee and a notepad because you are going to want to take notes on this. Now, to be clear, this episode is for you if you are a business owner or if you are an executive or if you are a professional. And while I give you examples through the lens of owning a business, we can certainly apply these to our careers in other people's businesses. Now, my clients have all been in business for more than five years or they're seasoned executives and professionals. These are people who are already making money. However, when asked to rate their financial satisfaction, they all say things like good, but they would like more. So if they were reading this on a scale from one to 10, the most common number I get is a seven. So things are good, but they want more. This episode will be helpful at almost every level, but I might tweak some things for business owners who are in a startup phase, which I consider probably around one to three years, depending on other key factors. You might be a number of years into your business, but realize you have done some things out of order and need to re-strategize. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there for you so that you could understand how to take the information that's being presented to you here. My favorite question to ask people is why aren't you making the money you want to make? Whether it's a business owner, a professional, or an executive, this question is relevant. You see, I'm not the coach who is looking to help you make 100K in 90 days. I really don't care how much money you want to make as long as you're making the amount of money that means something to you and is in service to your life and your mission. It is no hidden anything. This is, I've talked about this before. I love money. I love that I started a business with nothing and now have something. I love running a business. I love business strategy. I love being an entrepreneur. I love that the money I earn has funded the growth of a company that does a lot of good in the world. Aside from my direct impact, on my coaching clients, mentoring women inside Brave. It's allowed me to deliver free content to you each week, which is this podcast, which has a definite cost associated with it. And it's also allowed me to send 10 girls to school in Mozambique. It's also been in service to the world by creating jobs and opportunities for others to prosper. 
I love paying my team and being a consumer who puts their dollars back into the economy. I also love that I can put braces on my son's teeth, treat my husband to a romantic getaway, which is everything, which was everything we needed in our marriage in the moment that I did it, take the time off when my mom had a stroke at the end of last year, and greet my daughter at the front door when she gets home from school. The other day, I was able to treat a woman who was in front of me at Starbucks, and she had ordered a coffee and a spinach and egg wrap, and then she realized she didn't have any money on her. I'm not really sure what happened. I don't know if her app wasn't working or she forgot her wallet, but seriously, like I've done this myself. So it brought me tremendous joy to just say, hey, lady, I see you. No worries. Here's a hug. Here's your spinach and egg wrap and your coffee, and please go off and enjoy your day. Don't stand here and stress about this. So when people aren't making the money they want to make, it breaks my heart because these are the things that they're missing out on. Making money really isn't that hard. However, there is a mix of practical and energetic things at work. And even if you nail the practical things, you'll get tripped up on the energetic things if you're even willing to admit that energy plays a part in making money. Personally, I double down on the energy piece because I think that's 80% of the equation. That's been what I have found. That's why I'm an advanced Reiki practitioner and have carefully curated personal energy practices. It's also why I'm going through certification to become a BG5 consultant who will be able to bring human design to all of my clients and customers. BG5 is human design for career business and organizations. It helps us understand how we are uniquely designed to profit and what our life's purpose is, and what our career purpose is. So when I ask the question, why aren't you making the money you want to make, I get some really fantastic answers, but few of them are the real reasons you're not making the money you want to make. They're the things, they're the problems you think you have, but they may not be the problem you actually have. So today I want to give you some food for thought as to why you might not be making the money you want to make. And I've got 11 ideas or concepts or things you might want to check into on this list. And I have experienced pretty much all of them, to be honest. And I talk later on in the list about the one that I experienced just this year. So even though I'm making money and I'm making great money, these things still come up. So really what I want you to do here is be an open and willing learner. Because this is one of the things, you know what? I'm going to give you a bonus. Here's my bonus for the day. See, I told you I was going to get ranty. Here's my bonus for the day. If you think you know it all, that is 100% preventing you from making the money you want to make. If you think you have all the answers, if you think you've done this before, if you think this isn't your first rodeo, if you think you have all the knowledge, if you think that nobody can tell you anything different, and you're really convinced that you know you know it all, that is probably the number one thing that's standing in your way of making more money. All right, so let's jump into the list now that I've calmed myself down. You're not reverse engineering your revenue goal. That's the first thing, meaning you have no idea how much you have to sell to hit your revenue goal uh, or target, or more likely you don't have the right mix of products to get you there. So I see this a lot. Someone wants to make $100,000 a year and they want to do it selling a $49 product and they don't realize how many leads they need to create the sales to get them to the $100,000. 
Two, your business model isn't your business model. This is another one I see all the time where service providers lack the skill and innovation to create a truly one-of-a-kind way of delivering their service. They mostly copy what someone else is doing, which has been copied from someone else is doing, or they've attended a conference where they've handed out a playbook and said, this is how you run your business. This is how you do front office. This is how you do back office. This is how you market. This is, but guess what? Everybody in that room is going to go and do the same thing. So how do you stand out and how do you differentiate yourself and how do you differentiate your business model from the person sitting next to you, right? This gives a little thought to your strengths and how you work best and what your target market is saying, doing, thinking. Innovation in service-based businesses is pretty much dead with too many people teaching formulas and pushing personal development as coaching and not really teaching people how to do business development. Three, if you have the right mix of products and the best, most unique business model and still aren't making the money you want to make, you're most likely planning your growth out of order. You're launching lower priced products and trying to sell wide before you've mastered selling a higher price product for longer term and selling deeper. This longer term, higher priced, deeper product lays foundational income, gives you a testing and proving ground and allows you to maximize your time. We can leverage this type of work over time so that you can then sell lower uh, level products or um, you know, or bigger group products to leverage your time. But f- you have to first start with something that might not look as leveraged as you want it to look. Four, you believe the lie of passive income, which means you think passive income is actually passive. Nothing is passive. Nothing will allow you to sit on the couch all day eating bonbons and watching mind-melding daytime TV. Not even owning rental property. The property still needs to be maintained and rented. Money received needs to be planned for and reinvested. Even if you have property manage, a property management company, you will need to answer their questions and manage them to an extent. Usually what I see happen with people pursuing the passive income route is people overworking for smaller sums of money, which causes a crazy amount of stress and anxiety. They've likely started with a business plan, this kind of business plan too soon, as per my previous statement about being out of order. Order. They don't have the audience size or the credibility to pull this off um, at the time they are trying to pull it off. And I have made this mistake myself. So just letting you know, if you're making this mistake, no shame in that game. I've done it. Five, you're truly, li- you're truly not listening to what your audience wants. You want what you want without considering their psychographics. I feel so passionately about market research, and you could call it whatever you want. I call it market research because that's what makes sense in my brain. Um, Oddly enough, when I went to grad school for industrial organizational psychology, we had classes in market research, which at the time pissed me off and didn't make sense to me because I just wanted to get into the psychology of uh, people's inner psychology and motivation and performance and Uh, personality psychology, and I really didn't want to have to deal with market research. So I was like, why the heck? Well, because market research has a lot to do with psychology. That's why. And I'm really grateful for those classes that I took and for the semester I spent during doing survey design and how to ask questions and things like that. Because it makes a difference. 
The difference a word shift has had in my business has made a huge difference. Offering services in a slightly different way to ensure my customers receive exactly what they wanted mattered. You can't always say things the way you want to say them. Sometimes you have to say things the way your people need to hear them. And I've seen way too many business owners tantrum over this. Heck, I've tantrumed over this, but why can't I just say it this way? Because it's too too far past where your customer or client is, and you need to be able to go back to language that you used or that your clients are using at the get started stage for whatever you're offering. But you have to ask yourself, are you here to serve or are you here to do what you want and fluff your ego and be right, right? Because if you're here to serve, you're going to really dive deep into the hearts and minds and beliefs and thoughts and actions of the people you want to serve. It's about them. It's not about you. Number six, you're resentful of your community or current customers because you give, 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 and you don't feel like they value your work, meaning they aren't paying for your work. So you wind up giving a shit ton and not getting anything in return, leaving you feeling burned out, disgruntled, angry, frustrated, confused. And reality check, this is about you, not about them. Let me give you an example. I sat down with an attorney once who spent 15 minutes telling me about his cheap-ass clients. And when I say cheap-ass clients, I'm using kind words. Those were not the words that he was using. Once he was done venting, he looked at me and said, so my phone isn't ringing, nobody is calling me, business is slow, can you help me? Maybe we can brainstorm marketing strategy or um, business strategy, how can you help me with that? And what I said was no, I can't help you with that because this wasn't about any of those things. This was about what he believed about his clients. This was the energy he was pervading his work with. And I am a no for that. And let me tell you, no is a complete sentence. You can say just no. So if you're not sure what I mean by this, because sometimes this is a tricky one to wrap our heads around, find me somewhere I'm out there, I'm accessible, find me somewhere and ask me your questions and let's hash this one out. Seven, you're burned out or you went through an epic burnout. Trust me, I know all about this. And now you're afraid of burning out again. So you guard your calendar with your life. You have anxiety when people book into your calendar and you go catatonic when you have too many things on that calendar. This is energy that repels. I have been here. I know this personally. I have been this person. I have had post-traumatic feelings from burnout, so afraid to go back to that place that it led me to repelling anything that would cause me to actually have to work and put people on my schedule, which is how I do work. People book into my schedule and I go and deliver services, right? So I was repelling I was repelling people from working with me when I felt this way. Conversely, this is number eight, conversely, you might be fast tracking it to burnout where you're doing all the things and not focusing on revenue generating activity. You don't know where your revenue comes from. You don't know what works. So you're pulling every lever in your business, hoping it will drop a reward. This is a crazy maker and will leave you broke and broken. This is the energy of chaos and confusion. So slow down 
And when you think you've slowed down, slow down some more. Nine, this is all about fear. You fear the more money you make, X, Y, or Z will happen. And let me give you some of the ones that I have had, some of the ones that I hear on a regular basis, because if you are feeling any of these things, the one thing I want to do is normalize the fact that this fear is real and that it's happening and this is a belief that you have. And I also want to tell you that this is not a fear or a belief that you need to carry forward. It can end today. So the more money I make, the more I will spend. If I make more money than my husband, he will feel threatened and not love me anymore. If I'm successful and make more money, I'll outgrow and lose my friends or family. If I make more money, I will feel overwhelmed and not know what to do with it all. The more money I make, the more responsible I will have to be, and I'm already carrying so much responsibility. If I make more money than everyone, then everyone will expect me to continue to make more money. If I make more money than my husband, then he will want to quit his job and loaf around on the couch all day. Pick your poison, but it's there and it's holding you back. And heck, if you have one to add to my list, I would love to hear it. So I would head on over to Instagram or reply to an email and let me know which one yours is or what one you want to add to the list because I think I've heard them all, but I would love to hear what you have hiding um, below the surface. 10. You are disconnected from desire or receiving or both. This one messed with me for the first 18 months or so of my business. I had been conditioned over the years not to want things because I defined things as material possessions and that would make me high maintenance. Also, what I'm finding in my life because I'm making more money, I'm just not that into those things. I'm not into material possessions as much as somebody might be. And, you know, like I don't have a dream home on my vision board. I'm happy to make the home I already have um, more, you know, more of my place with some minor upgrades. There isn't really a car that has caught my fancy. Um, I like quality clothes, but too too many of them in my closet makes me feel claustrophobic. These are some places I would, you know, there are some places I would love to visit, but I don't consider myself a world traveler. I'm a homebody with simple taste. The things I desire look differently than others. And so I spent a long time telling myself that I was wrong. You know, I tried putting the dream house on my vision board. I tried putting the exotic locations on my vision board because that's what other people want. But that's not what I wanted. And like I said, I also had a story around being high maintenance. And if I was high maintenance, nobody was going to love me. And taking up too much space. And if I took up too much space, people would be burdened by me. People equally struggle with receiving anything. They struggle with receiving anything from compliments to large sums of money, and it's all connected. So whether you have uh, a challenge with wanting things or you have a a challenge with receiving things or both, this is here for you to look at. 11, (laughs) this is mine from this year. So this is is what I did. I said I've even done some of these very recently. So you haven't decided it's done. This was me in 2018. I hadn't decided it was done. And I talk about this a little bit in my lessons learned, but not to great detail. I mentioned that my business had phenomenal growth, but I missed my revenue goal. So let me tell you, there was no way in hell I was making my revenue goal last year because I wasn't ready to claim it as mine. I hadn't decided that that was 
that was what I was going to achieve. As a matter of fact, I sabotaged the shit out of this goal. I set a separate financial goal that completely contradicted the revenue goal. So I wanted to grow my revenue by a certain percent because another year of insane growth felt a bit, well, insane. So I hit the percentage, but the percent growth didn't equal the revenue number in my vision. Sabotage. It wasn't going to happen. And I'm not an idiot. I realized that 40 to 50% growth didn't get me to the revenue number on that vision board, but I let it stay. I didn't re-strategize. I didn't commit to the larger number. I allowed it to dance around in my head like a fairy tale. I didn't decide that it was done. So where, are you, where do you need to decide that the amount of money you may want to make is a done deal? There is a very different energy that you walk through when something feels possible. Well, let me take it back. There's a very different energy that you feel when you feel something is impossible. I, for a long time, felt leaving my corporate job to start my own business was impossible. Then I just got started. I was like, heck, I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm going to throw some things out there, see if it sticks. I'm going to test it. And the testing worked. And I started making money. Now it was possible. I am out of the energy of impossible and I'm into the energy of possible. And the more action I took, the more clarity I gained, because you can't think your way to clarity, you have to act your way to clarity. The more clarity I gained, the more I realized it was done. It was happening. I was leaving my corporate job. I was going to have my own business. And that was that. So where do you need to decide? Where do you need to get into the energy of it is done? Now, it is so important to me that leaders are, are financially fueled and fulfilled. When we prosper, the world around us prospers. When we prosper, we can truly be a force for good in the world. When we are feeling taken care of and secure in ourselves, which, by the way, doesn't come from money, but money is a factor, that allows you to step into your highest level of leadership. It allows you to take a different level of risk. It allows you to be radically generous and it allows you to be more compassionate and vulnerable and all the things when we feel financially supported. Now, it is not the only thing that allows us to do that. I find it is a component though, because when we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that base level of need around safety and security, roof overhead, food on the table, it matters. I'm a total sucker for people going into the world and carving out a little piece of the pie. There is nothing like the feeling of starting with nothing and creating something and growing that and nurturing it and having the patience to see it come to fruition. But too often, business owners get started and then fail to gain traction and momentum that they need to have a business that is stable and financially healthy, profitable, profitable, not just bringing in revenue, but a business that profits and sustains them and is in service to their life and their values and their mission. Or plateaus come and rob a person of the impact that they want to make in the world. So for example, you know, this podcast is a part of the impact that I want to make in the world. But if I wasn't making the money that I make, I would never be able to invest in this podcast because I don't get paid for it. This is free value that I continue to put out there as a part of my impact. 
I don't want that to be the case for any of my listeners, clients, or community ever, which is why I'm sharing this information with you today. So do me a giant favor. Don't let this podcast be for nothing. Find one thing in that list of 11 and take action on it today. Look at your business model again. Are you missing something? Do you find yourself deflecting compliments on a regular basis? Do you feel resistance to receiving money in larger quantities? Now, I want you to show up somewhere in my inbox on Instagram, post a story, post a post, be in my DM somewhere with an action you're going to take from this episode. That is the easiest way to get accountable to the action that's going to make the biggest difference. Now, you could take this one step further, and the greatest action you can take is to get support. And as we continue to evolve the bold leadership revolution, we have services at every investment point. As a matter of fact, the Brave Society was designed for female small business owners who want to be discerning with their dollars or are feeling like their investments have spread them thin. Too often, I see women investing in all the things to grow their business, but completely shortchanging their leadership, which is what will ultimately grow their business. The Brave Society is a community and the right leadership development to help you run your business and thrive as an owner, CEO, or founder, whatever it is that you call yourself. We will keep you focused, help you stay accountable, and ask you the challenging questions to help you move through all of the things that are blocking your success, which is pretty much you. If you want to join us for our bi-weekly CEO debriefs, monthly panel discussions, and quarterly laser coaching sessions, head on over to the link in the show notes or find me on Instagram at the Tara Newman. If you have found this podcast valuable, and I know you have found this podcast valuable, help us develop more leaders in the world by sharing this episode with your friends, colleagues, and other bold leaders. Also, if you haven't done so already, please leave a review. I consider reviews like podcast currency, and it's the one thing you can do to help us out here at the Bold Leadership Revolution HQ. We would be grateful for it. Special thanks goes to Stacey Harris of Uncommonly More, who is the producer and editor of this podcast. Go check them out for all your digital marketing and content creation needs. Be sure to tune into our next episode to help you embrace your ambition and leave the grind behind. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast. This episode has ended, but our work continues online. Head over to theboldleadershiprevolution.com where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you lead bold. That's theboldleadershiprevolution.com. 